service, but it seems like toward the middle of the week, things begin to just kind of break up. And these preachers, my goodness, oh, how they have preached and worshiped, amen, and praised while they preach. It says, bless me. I love this. I love preaching. And I'm, as Brother Roger said last night, I can't say that I have a, a favorite preacher or a favorite style, but I love to see someone handle that Holy Ghost anointing or follow the leading of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost handle them in whatever way might be particular to their kind of ministry. And I'm telling you, we have seen God certainly use these preachers to preach to us this week. Brother Roger, it's been wonderful. We were talking about your messages today. My church who's here will tell you that we're on the same track. This is where I've been going, and it's he came in last night all the way through the week. It's been amazing, and that's good for me because I was telling my wife this morning, we pastors, you know, we talk and we want to preach things or go down a certain track, and uh, we want to help and we want to bless the church. Every Every minister who is a minister, has to deal with these things, and you have to sort this out because you're accountable to God. You have to live with yourself, and you're accountable to a great extent to that church and certainly accountable to God for how you deal with that church. Now, how do we get what we're going to preach? Well, that, those wheels just start turning along a certain line of thought as God deals with us, and the Holy Ghost moves in us, and we find ourselves going necessarily down a certain path. Or God just speaks to us, but most of the time, I know with me, you just you, it just kind of lives in you and with you, and then it, it the conclusion of it comes by, from behind this pulpit. It 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 starts and the burden starts, and you deliver that burden right behind this pulpit. It's not just something, and then but when I hear what he's been preaching, and I talk to Brother Hal, and I hear what he's been preaching, and I talk to Brother Sullivan, and what he's been preaching, or if I talk to Brother Josh, Brother Harridge, and different ones, and Brother Music, if I talk to someone that I have confidence in. From wherever they're pastoring and preaching, it all comes to the same conclusion. The same message from different preachers in different styles. And that lets me know that God is talking to his church. God's talking to us. And if we'll listen to what he's saying and apply what he says, we'll not just make it to heaven. There's a whole lot more to this than getting to heaven. But we'll do the will of God while we're here. That's important. That's a big deal. We have to do that. We're responsible to that. And then Sister Linda has just, oh my, has blessed us and preached to us and challenged to us and preached things that she has no idea because we've not had any meetings or conferences and I've not given anybody a list of things that we need preached at our church. But God has talked to the McClendon Church of God and God has talked to everybody who's been here. It's been good and I'm sad this morning that this is the last day. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it everything I've got this morning. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to listen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to make sure there's nothing lacking on my part. And then the Nesbitt family, they've done just ministered to us so wonderfully, and we love and appreciate them. They've been right on track. The singing has been sermons put to music. It has ministered to me, and we love and we appreciate them. And all of you who are with us, pastors, evangelists, uh, from wherever you're from today, and we are, have a special guest with us today. We have our sheriff. Uh, the Lord has blessed our county with a sheriff who loves God. He loves Jesus. He loves the church. And he is he's good to his pastors in this community. And I want to tell him, I appreciate you. That means a lot here. 
that means a lot here, and he is good and kind. I, I, I don't bother him. I try not to, but I've never called him on the phone, no matter how early or how late. I've never called him on the phone and felt like I'd put him out or it was an inconvenience. Uh, he's always been very willing to help. And I say that not only because it's true, but in case I, I'm in a hurry and I'm a pastor and I'm on God's business and the king's business requires haste, I want to be able to get out of a speeding ticket. If one of his young conscientious ones come along that don't know the old guys decides to pull me over. Thank you very much. And then that guy beside him back there, Brother Tommy, he just a, he, he's not only a brother, he's one of my best friends. He is a, a man of God, supported this camp, he supported this missions conference. I would say he supported our missions conference as much as he supported his missions conference and programs there. He is a, he is a dear and true friend, and he and I are working together, and I just let him know last night that our workload just increased a little bit. Amen. We've got some things to do that we've been working on together. Let's stand this morning. And there's too many of you here that I love so much to try to name everybody. Brother Emmanuel came further than anybody. He heard what was going on here, and he comes slammed from Pakistan to get in this meeting. Amen. He's got to go back tomorrow. They wouldn't extend his visa stay, but the ticket change only cost us $135. That's a miracle. And I thank the Lord for that. So God knows all about that. And we're just going to believe it's the will of God. He needs to be back home. And uh, that, that is not true on those visas. That was a mistake. I've been checking on that this morning. I'm working on a visa to go and be with him a little bit later on. And I've been talking to Global Fire Advance, and we're trying to combine that and India together. So uh, going through that Pakistani door and to other ministries. And that's what's been happening lately. And help us pray. That as we walk in one door, another door opens, and another door opens, and another door opens. And, I, you know, there's no way we're going to take out. I, I don't want to limit God, but there never seems to come in quite enough to do everything, even in missions conferences with combined partnerships, to do what all needs to be done. I guess that's why we need faith. But somehow, it always comes together, and that's what we're believing the Lord for. Let's thank the Lord for being able to gather here this morning. Father, we love you today. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's been present, God, in this meeting. Oh, Lord, from the first assembly until now, thank you for everything you've done. And I pray, God, that on this last day, this day service, that you'd pour your spirit out upon us in a mighty way. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fill this house this morning. We're going to believe you to do it, God. I pray that you'd refresh every pastor, every minister, every evangelist here today. Oh, God, let them leave this conference ministering from the overflow. I pray we believe you to do it by faith we call it done. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. people feel like they've got to give, you know, big or, or not give at all. But Brother Tommy texted me the other day, and he said, Sister Stephanie, um, he went into church, and he said, this little nine-year-old girl came over to me and said, Pastor, the Lord told me to give the Nesbits something. And she reached into her purse, and she pulled out a $5, crinkled $5 bill, and she gave it to him. She said, Jesus told me to give the Nesbits this. Brother Tommy brought that over, and I told him, I said, Brother Tommy, God's got a way of humbling us. 
I said, because to know that God would speak to her to, to minister. And you may say, $5, let me tell you, when God blesses something, $5 is like $5,000. Amen. It can go. And I say that to say this. You may not have, you know, $100,000 to be able to give to missions. You may not have 1000 But if you have anything to be able to give to this missions conference, I can tell you God will bless it. And when God blesses it, it'll go out and it will accomplish that that he desires it to do. Amen. Worship the Lord with us. I am the Lord. I'm the almighty God. And I am the one who for nothing is to harm. And I am the shepherd. And I am the door. And I to the bound and the poor I am I am I am I
working in my favor. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. We're glad to have Brother Johnny Brown and we have a crew uh, from our downtown inner city Jacksonville ministry with us. They come every year to our camp meeting and um, of course my two buddies from way back is, is Bob and Alfonso. Now where's Alfonso at? Yeah, he's a guy that's got gray in his beard since I saw him last. <laughs> he said it's good to get gray in your beard. I I concur. Glad to see glad to see those all these guys with us in the service today. We also have someone that's you know, from way back in my known. I've known him all my life. He's known me uh, all my life as well. Brother Cliff Barton is with us and his wife, Sister June. We're glad to have them. He told me the other night, and I always hear stories about Daddy, my Daddy back in their younger days. And he's one of those guys that my dad. Uh, hung with back in the day and all the stories I've heard. And I love those stories, especially this one. He said, back in the day, your daddy was so good at stealing chickens. He could steal a chicken so fast, he'd leave his shadow still pecking for corn. That's skills. So I thought, well, that's good to know. Things ever get tight, dad, you know what to do. Well, he slipped in. He's sitting behind the sheriff. He didn't want the sheriff to know he was here. But he's back there. <laughs> Brother Roger, so good to have you, buddy. Thank you for coming and blessing us in this meeting. Amen. My, ain't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You know, it don't matter. It really, as a child of God, it's gathered. I understand Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Forsaken not the assembly of yourself gather. This is important. Brother Josh, I found out I've had my midnight hour by myself. I've had it in foreign countries. And I found God to be just as good there by myself, Brother Howell, as he has been. Amen, right here. Isn't that good? Amen. I, I, I want to say to the ever-redeemed, they well, I'm prejudiced. I love them. And I always love their singing and uh, knowing their life. You know, sometimes when you know somebody's life, you can enjoy their singing because you know they know what they're singing about. I said that the other night. And I want to say before I get started to the church here, thanks for all you've done, the room. And um, uh, I got there uh, the other day, Monday, Sister Cindy had set the room up, and I got there, and she said, you're back. But she had a smile on her face, the manager. That was a good thing. <laughs> she didn't regret me coming. But I appreciate the room, the food, all that's been done, the hospitality. It's been wonderful. And I've been honored to be able to preach with Sister Linda this week. Again, you know, as her pastor, I see her on that pew, and it thrills me every time they're there. Not very often, but when they're able to, when she's not in revival, to have them on the pew. But all you friends, it's good to have you and some brothers I just met. Isn't it good to know you got family that you're yet to meet? Amen. That's going to make eternity so much better. No one's going to meet them. But I thought his sister Stephanie and Brother Bobby and them was singing. I thought, boys, just sometimes you won't just get up here and just give a, a woo. Just a Shabbat praise, amen. Don't know what to say, don't know how to say it. You're just glad you can say, "Woo, God's good. Amen. Uh, you know, you, the, the seven types of praise, you, you can get into it and you get to thinking about that Tehillah praise. It'd be easy to get up here and say, let me tell you how good God's been to me. 
He's blessed me in the city. He's blessed me in the field. Amen. God's been good. Amen. Just give him that praise. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. You get to thinking about the goodness of God. Amen. It's not about the worldly material things of life. It's just knowing that you know the good life of God. Isn't that good? Amen. This morning, if you got your Bibles again, I appreciate my uncle Junior being with us all week. Uh, don't get to be with our family much, but it's been good to have him. Uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I, I do know the Lord has spoke to us last night. Uh, you know, there was a lot of thoughts running your heart, a lot of thoughts running your mind. But I feel like the Lord settled us to this, and I want to preach a hope and encouraging message this morning. And uh, what God has, uh, has laid on our spirit. The word I'm going to use this morning is found in that verse 17. It's found 36 times in Scripture. I looked it up this morning to be sure I was right. 36 times. Uh, when you find it in Second Timothy, though, when you find it where I'm about to read it, uh, the amazing thing is you can pick up a New King James Version Bible. It's not in it. You pick up an NIV Bible, all 20, 30-something versions of the Bible, the ESV, the uh, well, my Phillips translation, don't matter what Bible you pick up, besides this King James, they remove this word. But that word is what establishes how good God was to Paul. I want to tell us something. We have to be careful, and I, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm just going to be straight honest. We have to be careful what other things we pick up to try to read God's word from. Amen. If you ever notice, some of them Bibles takes a, uh, makes Jesus gender friendly. Amen. He was, he was much uh, of a male gender. Amen. Oh, God's still God. He's not a human. He's not like you and I. I'm going to preach. Isaiah reminds us. He said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. And so we got to understand you keep God where he belongs on the throne. Amen. I never find the 30-something times you find revelations. You never find uh, God off the throne, rattled at what's going on. He's not shaking because we're in 2019. He's not shook up because of how the world's going. God already had it all in order before time was ever set. Isn't that a good God? Amen. When you're here this morning, you're not an accident. You're not just haphazardly made. God didn't say, whoops, I just made an extra person. God knew who you were when he made you. He knew the plans he had for you. You may not be fulfilling them yet, but God knows the plans he has for you. Amen. Stand this morning reading God's word. 2 Timothy. Amen. Uh, chapter 4. I'll just pick up in verse 16. When you look at this here, I'm going to read a couple of, uh, of meanings here in a moment, but uh, Paul now is standing here as I get ready to preach. If you notice, he's now at the end of his, he's going to the trial, the final factor of his trial. He's, he's going before Nero here. And uh, we find when you look around, he feels like we do sometimes, though I'm sure not going to ever compare myself to Paul, but we sometimes feel like, Paul, where's everybody at when I need them? Amen, isn't it amazing? But God never forsakes us. Looking at this one, uh, verse 16, it says, uh, And at, at first answered no man, uh, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, he said, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Isn't that a good 
my verse. Uh, one more verse before we seated. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. Not a few of them. Paul said from every evil work. Aren't you glad God's not a halfway God? He don't partly bring us out of our troubles. He don't just half-heartedly say, I'm going to touch them today and finish it up tomorrow. God does a complete job when he does it. Amen. It says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto the heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank God. Again, you look at this. I want to preach from that word, notwithstanding. That word has a, has a, a, a meaning, but fact of life, facts. It was a fact that Paul was standing by himself. When you study this out, and I looked it up again last night, looked it up again early this morning, re, what I felt knew the Lord laid on the heart for this morning's service. Amen. One thing I like, Brother Josh, is this, that Paul knew that no matter who forsook him, God was always faithful. Isn't that a good feeling? Amen. I don't care how long you've been serving God. It may have been last Sunday you got saved. It may have been 30 or 40 years ago that God saved you. This May 10th is my 40th year birthday in Christ. I'm looking forward to celebrating on that day if God tarries. If not, I'll sure enough get to celebrate it. But there's one thing I can look back over the tracks of my life. I've never found a path in my journey where he ever forsook me. Isn't that a good thought and feeling? Amen. It don't matter what I faced. At times I felt like I was all alone. I felt for God and he wasn't there. I talked to God and it seemed like he heard me. But then I found out God was listening all the time. Isn't that a good God? My, I'm going to preach this morning. Amen. It's been bubbling in my spirit. Amen. Just to get a hold of this thing and remind us, notwithstanding. When you think of a fact, a fact, I don't know that Miss Siri's always right, but this is what she said about it. She said, a fact is something that is known or proved to be true. A piece of information used as evidence as a part of, 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 of a report or a news article. A thing that is done or known to exist or that which is a real uh, circumstances or conditions believed. But the conclusion of a fact, it is possible, the meaning let me know, it is possibly right in your facts and wrong in your conclusion. Oh, isn't that good? Hallelujah. Notwithstanding, when it's used, you break it down in three parts of a sentence. And my wife, I told her I may have to get her to make sure I do it right. She said, I better not. I'm, I'm no good at breaking down sentences. But it said a preposition of notwithstanding means in spite of. If it's an adverb, it's nevertheless in spite of. A conjunction altogether, although in spite of the fact. Isn't it good to, this morning when you look at what Paul said? He said in verse 16, at first, he said at first, no man stood with me. Answered no man and no man stood with me. You know what Paul was saying? He said at times, I may be standing by myself. Demas had forsaken him Alexander had left him He looked around in the church Was nowhere to be found But then he remembered And he said notwithstanding Nevertheless as, as, as Beyond the facts of what I see And what I'm going through I found that God is a faithful God My God I could close right now And we could leave this sanctuary Knowing that no matter what we're in The trial, the depth of the tribulation God is a faithful God in the midst of it all. 
Glory. I got so excited thinking about that last night. Early this morning when I was up praying, trying not to disturb my wife, but I got to thinking how good God is when at times as a minister or as a child of God, amen, you got good friends and they seem not to have the words and they're not there when you need them. But I've never found a time when I got before the face of God. No, it didn't come sometimes instantaneously. It didn't come in a day or two. But I knew God was on his way. So Paul said, notwithstanding the facts point, I'm by myself. The fact says, all the believers is not with me. But there's one thing that I've got. I've got a conclusion that's bigger than the fact. I've got a God that's right here with me, child of God. Amen. My God, we could shout at the beginning of this message. God's a notwithstanding God. He don't leave us nor forsake us. God's everlasting. My God, I feel the presence of a holy God. Shake ourselves and remind you, notwithstanding, God's with you. Amen. Notwithstanding, in spite of the fact of how things look, my God, I'll just scheme through Scripture because I'm long-winded, so I won't try to go to all of them. But when you think in John chapter 4, I don't know that all's right, but from what I've been told, Jesus journeyed all night. The Scripture says that. Some say it's 30 miles. I don't know how long it was. Jesus went all night to go to the well and it's, uh, there, there where the Samaritan woman was coming. Amen. The facts was true that she was in a desperate need of a God to change her life. When she got there, there was a well sitting on a well. Amen. When you look at your Unger's Dictionary, it said that Jacob's well was, what, 105 feet, so many feet of water, and talks about the well and, and how many cattle through the year it had serviced, how many people had drunk from that well, but they had to keep going back. Now Jesus is there, and he says, give me something to drink. Now let me, I'll just try to be cordial here, but a Samaritan was of a mixed breed. Amen. She was rejected by everybody about them. Samaritans wasn't accepted back to Nehemiah but here was a woman that all society had rejected her do you remember when everybody gave up on you do you remember when you lived in your life everybody said they're not worth saving but Jesus showed up the facts pointed out she was in a mess the facts said she needed more than a natural drink you know what I'm glad there's a notwithstanding God showed up in my life when I needed him most child of God that's worth shouting over when it looks like all hell's breaking loose and it looks like I have no hope or help then Jesus is there the fact said she was in a dire's need but the truth is amen notwithstanding God knows how to show up on time amen. she told the Lord she said Lord she said sir you, you don't even have nothing to draw with you want to drink a water Oh, he's about to change it. She's dealing on the natural facts. He's dealing on the supernatural. Whoo, isn't that good? My God, have mercy. Isn't it amazing, Brother How how we, we sometimes, Brother Buddy, we deal on the natural facts. We see things from the view of, of human eyes, uh, of how things look from, uh, from our perspective. Uh, from her view, life had been hopeless for a while, but God's about to change it. Amen. No, let me tell you, he didn't dismiss the facts that she was telling him, but she was about to add a fact from the supernatural world. Whew. 
Have you ever been in a place that you wondered how God was going to do it? And then you look back and say, wow, God, you did do it. Hallelujah. That's notwithstanding. Amen. I don't care. I, 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 I had somebody give me a new King James Version Bible. It's got good footnotes. But when I pulled it up last night looking, it leaves that out. What it puts there is the Lord stood with him. That's good. But when you take a little bit away from Scripture, it takes away from the context of how big God is. He said, notwithstanding. In other words, disregard. Nevertheless, the facts say I'm standing right here by myself. But notwithstanding, I've got God with me. Woo! The same God in Acts chapter 9 that found him at the road of Damascus that said, why kick against a prick? And he said, who are you, Lord? From the introduction of then to the closing of Paul's life, he had a notwithstanding factor that God was always there. He was there in the prisons. He was there when he was stoned. He was there when he was in shipwrecks. Amen, child of God. You may be rocking in a storm of life, but there's a notwithstanding God. Nevertheless, God sees you. He knows how to bring you through. That is more than a fact of life. Amen. God's good. Amen. When I thought about this, I said, you know, don't, don't, don't let the, uh, the natural facts frustrate your faith. Amen. It's easy. We've all heard, or some of you may have had it happen, when the x-rays show what the facts are. Now, it's my story. We don't mind preaching about the woman of the well and Daniel in the lion's den and, and the story. So let me preach my story just to just touch. I did Tuesday night. Let me touch on it one more time. When I had my wreck back in 97, May 24, when I had that wreck, I was told my lungs, because of the airbag, had damaged them so bad. I was just not to be gross before lunch, but I was gurgling blood and, and, and just throwing blood up as quick as I could get it out. My wife's twin sister got killed in that car wreck. The facts were it was a horrible wreck. Amen. My wife still has a rod in her leg. Should be, should be limping and needing a walker or a cane. But God's a good God even with a rod. Amen. The facts told them that if I lived two days, I'd be a miracle. If I was able to preach or, t or talk, they didn't know I preached, I guess, unless somebody told them. Uh, they said if you were able to talk ten minutes, uh, it would be a miracle. That was the facts. But God seen. Amen. I think it's, what is it, the 22nd of February. Amen. Somewhere along in there. Anyway, it's Friday morning uh, in 2019. Uh, God needed me to come tell somebody there's a notwithstanding God. Uh, the facts said uh, I should not be able to even preach. Uh, the facts said uh, I shouldn't have breath to hold out. Uh, but I had a net in this in God. God was with me when the facts pointed up. The doctor said it's over. Amen. Can I tell some of you? The facts have told you. Your enemy said you're going under. Amen. Oh my God. Some around you said you won't make it. Amen. Oh my God. Amen. Others said, Amen, you're a failure. I've got a notwithstanding God. I don't go by the charts of humanity. I don't go the facts of man. But I've got a God in heaven that's charting my life. Even aren't you glad you've got a God that knows the plans and the avenue to carry your life. If you're here this morning and you're a child of God, give God praise that there's a notwithstanding hope in your life. Brother Sammy, at funerals, we quote this, Brother Tommy. We quote the verse out of Psalms 116. Verse 16. 
Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death that's one of his saints. It almost sounds crude unless you're God's child. Because that word precious sounds like, man, it's good Josh died. Or it's good Brother Sammy took his last breath. Hey, what God's saying, that word precious means you're valuable. And it means that God had a plan from the time, as he told Jeremiah, when you was formed in your mother's womb, I called you. Again, you're not an accident. You know why hell's trying to up the ante on abortions? You know why New York or Virginia tried to pass the law to kill him even out of the womb? You know why Vermont put that in their rules? Because the devil knows God's got a destiny for every soul. I understand what Brother Shedden said. We've got this day going around. This new thing is a destiny for my life. It ain't about your life. It's about your life in Christ being hid in him. We've got such a self-centered church age. I'm not even going to preach to the world. I'm preaching to you. we got such a self-centered church age. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's about how I should have it. It ain't about you. Paul said, everybody else may have forsook me, but I've got a God that's with me. I've come to tell somebody, shake yourself, child of God. Look that devil in the eye. I know what the facts are saying, but I've got a notwithstanding God that said I'm bigger than that. Amen. Amen. Put on two sides of this paper, and then I put it in the middle, notwithstanding. On one side, I put this down. I said, I failed. This is what woman at well could have said. I made a mistake. I'm standing alone. I'm sick. You can put whatever needs you have. Then I put a notwithstanding. You've heard me say, I retired where we built airplanes, military aircraft. The weight of them aircrafts is impossible for them to fly. Isn't it amazing how aerodynamics works? And when I was load master before I retired, when a plane was going to leave with a load, we had to know how to load it so it would fly, bear the load out just perfectly right. Hey, I mean, you know what I like about God? He puts it all in order. When you was a sinner going to hell, hey, amen, he gave us a cross. He gave us redemption. He gave us the blood of Christ. My God, I'm about to shout. When I should have died by the facts. Amen. Couldn't reach it. It was I was always too short. Amen. I was a sinner. I was ungodly. I didn't have a right to have it. Amen. Jesus stepped in with a notwithstanding. He said, I'll take your soul. I'll take your life. I'll die for you, child of God. Amen. Can I tell you, sir, ma'am, if you lost this morning, you don't have to be. There's a notwithstanding Christ. They said, I'm a forgiven Savior. I love you. My blood shed that you can live. Amen. It ain't about religion. It's about Jesus. Amen. Brother Howe, the children of Israel in Samuel 17 was locked down by facts. They were, Brother Josh. The facts said, Brother... The giant, he was big. If you're over 5'8", you're bigger than me. Hey Amen, I'm bigger than I've ever been. I'm 152 pounds, proud of it. I never got to say that in all my life. April 1st, I'll be 59 years old, biggest I've ever been. One boy told my church, he said, my leg weighed more than you did when I was in the 8th grade. <laughs> but they was locked down by fear. Now, what you read in that first verse said in that the Philistines had encamped in Shoko. Now, Shoko didn't belong to the devil. Shoko was, a, was the name being a place of defense. 
but they had got it. How do I know it didn't belong to them? Because we go to Joshua, and I find there in chapter 15 that it said Shoko was given to the tribe of Judah. Amen. Let me tell us something, church. The devil don't claim. Don't, don't leave saying. You ever heard people say, well, I don't know if God was there tonight. Yeah, he's there. God's everywhere. If our sheriff locks us up today, he's in the jail. Amen. If we get in trouble, God's everywhere you're at. Amen. All I'm asking for is the glory of God. We know his presence is everywhere. I just want to see the glory of God here this morning. And more do I feel it. But it was that they, they, they got locked down. Now I don't know who said this, but I put it in all my Bibles. It's pretty good. It said there was an ex-anointed named Saul. There was an unanointed Israel, the church, that had done lost their feeling that God could do it. They lived on facts. Let me tell you something. Get t- I'm tired of the, the church dealing with facts. That the world says we're not to pray no more. We're not to, uh, to do nothing. And in public, amen, you go to a restaurant and you act like you're wiping your mouth because you're scared somebody's going to say something, how you pray. Don't you ever be ashamed to pray to a God that changed you. But Israel was locked down by facts. Amen, that giant was big. Amen, some say nine something, some say third, don't matter. He was a huge man, had greaves and, and weaponry, even had an armor barrier. But David didn't look at the facts. He looked at God. My God, he stood in line because the king made a decree any man that will face him be tax exempt amen have a uh, the harem of the, of the kingdom David said it ain't about the kingdom here on earth but I serve a bigger kingdom church quit letting the devil lock us down on facts I know hell's rose its head I know it looks like sin is repentant but where sin does abound grace does much more abound I've got a notwithstanding God in my life We went by the facts, statistically, we to close the church. I mean, it's been to the ark. Our church just took a tour of it. So they made sure they took a lot of pictures. One of the pictures, and I probably won't get it just right, Brother Josh, but it said, statistically, the way the church is going now, in 40 years, there won't be a church. That's the fact. But we don't live on facts. Because I remember when they tried to snuff that out in Jeremiah's day. I remember when they captured some men and put them over there in Babylon in Jeremiah's day. But that was a fact. There was a 70-year captivity. We got a preacher preaching in MAGA churches in Atlanta. Got all kind of satellite churches. He said, look, he said, we just exempt the New Old Testament. It's not relevant today. What a lie. Because we read about the facts of life when there was a Red Sea, but God had a notwithstanding idea. I'll bring them through. There was, amen, a pillar of fire, amen, by night and a cloud by day. That's a fact. There was a lion's den. That's a fact. There was a fiery furnace. That's a fact. Amen. There was a dead boy in, in Kings chapter 4. That's a fact. But there was a notwithstanding God that showed up. Amen. Carried that chamber to the upper room. Amen. I wish what God would do is get a fact away from us and get a notwithstanding moment. That same Holy Ghost. I'm not asking God. Amen. For another amen upper room. We already got it. It worked the first time. Just put it into action. You've got to get a hold of a notwithstanding God and let him change your life. So they was in Shoko. Asaka, Ephaz, Edim, it was in Ella. They was in the 
valley of promise, the place of defense, and all, all them places belonged to God. And David knew it. See, David was too young to serve in the military, but not too, too young to serve God. <laughs> Quit letting the devil intimidate you because of your age. You're never too young or too old. When God thinks he's done with you, he'll take you home. He don't make mistakes. Hey, man, I didn't know they was going to die. God did. Hey, man, my, my daddy died preaching. God knew he was about to, he, was, he, he took his glass off, and they said the last words, Brother Greg Roberts said the last words he spoke was that he said, I'm going to enjoy the exceeding precious promises of God. And when he laid his glasses down, said he went, Shook. Can you imagine breathing this old dirty earth air and the next breath you take celestial air? And you're going to let the devil threaten you with heaven? Oh, my God. Woo, I'm about to shout. I know it's, I know it's Friday morning, and I don't want to bear your patience long, but I'm trying to drive home a point. Paul stood by himself. Everybody was around him, lines. Amen, Alexander, it seemed like the vow of hell was fighting against him, but he said, I'm notwithstanding. The Lord stood with me. Child of God, you may feel all alone. No, you're not. God's right there in your valley. He's right there in your trial. My God, I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to get a hold of this thing. And unless God don't leave us. Amen. So we know the story. I won't bear with it long, but one of my favorite places, and I get so tickled. I like Bout named her. She's a famous preacher on television. Don't see her much on television, but you can hear her on our radio station. She preached a series on Job. She says, the most grumbling man I ever knew, 700 times he said I. How many of you lost your children? All 10. How many of you woke up and all your cattle was gone? How many of us woke up and everything we ever owned was now ash piles? Everything was in a graveyard that we loved. And I know we preach so bad about Job's wife, but all Job's wife, I personally felt that she just sympathized with her husband and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Won't you let God just take you? He said, naked I come in this world, naked I'm going to leave. In other words, I may not have a dime to my pocket, but I've got God in my heart. So Job started out from verse 1 to verse 10 of Job 23. He said, if I could know where God was at, I'd ask counsel of God. I'd take a seat with him and say, God, can I just talk to you? Do you know what's happening in my life? Amen. Because in chapter 8, before you get to 23, Abinadad, a good friend. Isn't it good to have good friends? Abinadad says, you're a hypocrite. Or you wouldn't have all this going on in your life. And look how bad things are. Look, your family's sick and all that's happening. Oh, but Job said, let me speak speak now. He said, if I could find where God was at, I'd go get an audience with him. He said, but I hadn't found that yet. He said, you know, I went to the left. I've been to the right. I've been forward. I've been backward. He said, I can't find him, but God, but God, amen, not, uh, notwithstanding, uh, nevertheless, uh, God knows right where I'm at. Child of God, lift up your head. Uh, remind that devil, I may look like rubbish to you, but inside me uh, is a pot of gold. Uh, I've got God's gold, I'm God's value, I'm God's property. My God, that's worth shouting over. The world thinks we're nothing. God says you're valuable to Him. Amen. Notwithstanding, Amen. In spite of. Now we all have preacher moments like this. 
Chapter 5 of the book of Luke. Jesus spoke to Peter. And he said, launch out to the deep. Peter being a pro fisherman, he'd, he'd already been preaching a long time. And he'd been pastoring a few years. And I'm just going to bring this verse out for us preachers. Man, should have grown. We're going backwards. Dear Lord, you're praying God stop the funerals. Because I need folks. And I tell all the ladies in our church that's young, drink the water. Have your babies. Because <laughs> it looks like the church is not going to grow. But we got to make up our mind. God knows what he's doing. So Peter said, Master, I've told all night. I've been pastoring these years. And man, when I was growing, now I'm reducing. You know, I, I, I tell you what I've done at my church. We, we had that board that most people do. How many come to Sunday school? How many done this? If we had a big number, man, we'd have church. Man, we was happy. Good Lord, we got 96 people this morning. We'd have church. Boy, if it dropped down to 50, you'd think God died. So I told our folks, take that board off the wall. I'm not serving God on the facts of numbers. I'm serving God on the notwithstanding. It may not be a whole lot happening now, but I still trust God. Peter said, nevertheless, the same meaning notwithstanding. At your word, amen, keep a preaching. Keep an evangelizing. Keep a teaching. Keep a serving God. Keep a singing. Don't give up, my God, child of God. It may look like we're not here to compare our churches. We're not seeing out numbers either. Each other, but we're here to see that God knows. Uh, nevertheless, uh, notwithstanding, uh, it may not nothing be happening now, but I'm about to reap a harvest. Uh, but I've got to trust God, uh, my God, child of God. Uh, don't you let the devil pull you under? Don't you let him pull you out? Uh, you stay in the fight. Uh, look that devil in the eye and say, I'm in to duration, uh, even to the end of my life, uh, until I take my last breath. I'm gonna fight you. I don't want to mess up a message. I'll preach it another time. But when Mordecai stood at the king's gate, Haman, he couldn't stand it. I said, I'm not moving. That word wants us to move, shift. Isn't it amazing? Now, I'm, not, I'm not against new programs. I'm not against hot dog suppers and spaghetti dinners. But you don't go to your church that way. That's not how you grow it. I have nothing wrong with that. I appreciate our folks wanting to do it at times. We have, th we have a Thanksgiving every year. We cook for a whole community that come. I mean, they're standing room only, out the door. Give boxes away. You know how many folks, brother, we've had, I think since our 11th year? 11 years, you know how many folks we've gained from them dinners? Zilch. You may have times turning these knuckles red, knocking around Fullerville, Villarica, just recently, knocking in the projects, knocking in our neighbors. You know how many folks this red knuckle got? Zero. But I don't serve God on the facts of what's sitting on the pew. Though I, let me tell you something. I hear people say, well, it really don't matter the number. Yes, it does. The pastor ain't so much trying to see if he can out, just fill his church and say he's got a full church. Every number is a soul. Every number is a soul. 
Amen. I've had some say, well, I'm happy. We're content with our living and no more. I'm not content. I thank God for 80, 90 every now and then on a Sunday morning. Amen. 40, 50, 60 on Wednesday night. That's good. I'm not content because everybody that walks in that church is a soul. And the facts point. Amen. This new, this new generation, this what they call uh, the millennial generation, the snowflake generation. Amen. If you read statistics, and I could read them to you, said they're not going to the house of God. Amen. Inconvenient. God jobs not uh, to, to how they want to. Amen. That's a fact. But I've got a God that's in the last days. I'm going to pour out my spirit and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. If you all dream dreams and see visions and on your handmaids. Amen. I'm saying we're in the last days. And God get us a hold. Understand there's a notwithstanding moment in our life. Amen. I won't be much longer. But David didn't look at the facts. Read the story. He never one time called him Goliath. He called him for what he was. An uncircumcised Philistine. Wasn't worthy of labeling him. We get so intimidated by the labels of this world. They wave their flags of different colors. And we feel intimidated. Why are you intimidated? Won't you be ashamed of who you are? Amen. I'm not ashamed of being a tongue talker. You know, I hate one label we've lost the last few years. You're, I've been raising this thing. I remember years ago, Brother Shane, they called Pentecostal folks holy rollers. And I didn't know why the elders enjoyed that. Sounded like a derogatory name, and they thought it was. But not to a child of God. That was a notwithstanding attitude. God's with me. Call me what you want. Amen. I'm closing in a few moments. And you know I got a 10-point closing. You've done heard me a few nights this week. But here's what I do want to tell us. I've come this morning to encourage the church. We may keep dipping our nets, throwing our bait, amen, casting our rods, and we come up empty. I told here lately for, since the beginning of the year, we've had so many sinners sit on our pews. And more to budge them, I mean, don't seem like you could put a, a, a keg of powder, a dynamite on them, and blow them out of that seat. But I got a notwithstanding God. There'll be a day. There'll be a time. There'll be a moment. Preach right on. My first little church had eight folks. Amen. I remember many Sundays. My wife would be changing our daughter's diaper. Amen. The Brother Tim may be outside. Amen. Looking in this. I preached many times to an empty church, but I preached just like I am here this morning because I've got a notwithstanding God. I didn't go by calculating. It's nobody now. I looked at it down the road. God, you see the future of the ministry. Child of God. Amen. Lift your head up. It ain't over. God's about to come through for you. God's about to come through for you. Amen. Hang on. God is about to show up. Amen. Two more places and I'll close. John 11. Start, opens up letting us know that Mary Martha, their brother Lazarus was dead, whom Jesus loved. It let us know. It made sure to put that there. Isn't it amazing that Jesus would always go, never stop, Harley and Jer uh, Jerusalem stopping. He always went to that little house in Bethany. Dear God. There's a lot of big churches he passes on Sunday morning, Brother Josh. But I'm glad he feels the same in our church. Whew, hallelujah. So he was there, Brother Howe. Jesus, Terry. You not, Thomas. We're just as guilty. Jesus said, well, 
they said, we, we, I don't know if we need to go now. You know, the world's changed, and you, you've been threatened over there now. Don't, don't, don't go there. And, and, and don't, don't keep preaching what you're preaching now. You better let up on that because, you know, they're going to get you. Jesus tarried, not because he's afraid, because he was going to work. So, so he said, he said, Lazarus sleeping. Thomas said, well, that's good. Nobody needs a good rest. He said, let me see plainly, verse 15. He's dead. Then he tarried four days. That song never made sense to you sing that song. He's never too late. Four days is not too much. I don't know who I need to talk to this morning. But sometimes it looks like your prayer is buried. God's not heard you. Somebody else is shouting beside you, and why didn't you get your answer? Dear Lord, there's times, brother, I've seen folks that I knew didn't live right get a blessing. Crying over. Knowing you've struggled, fought, stayed up half the night, don't sleep on Saturday nights, can't wait till the sun comes up on Sunday so you can preach what God gave you. And then somebody comes to church half-hearted, amen, half-backslid, and get a blessing. I'm going to be honest, I'm preaching. That about makes me mad. So I walk out, I walk to my office, and I go to the office and say, Dear Lord, how can they get a blessing? Amen, didn't come last Sunday. Ain't been no revivals we've had. Wouldn't come to Monday night prayer meeting if you paid them. Ain't been not about to show up, and you bless them. Oh, Martha and Mary, hang on. He's a-coming. He's a-coming. Amen, he's a-coming. Amen. Oh, Martha tried to talk to him on his level. Look, if you would have come, amen, he would have been laced. Not Mary. Mary fell down at him and worshipped him. Quit getting the attitude God owes you. He don't owe you nothing. But I'm glad there's a God that's a notwithstanding God. He showed up. And I'm glad that verse, amen, we can easily quote Jesus wept. It wasn't because he was wondering what he would do. He looked at the mind of humanity that went by the facts. But now there's a notwithstanding God. He said, I pray not for my benefit, but for theirs. Father, hear my prayer. And he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. A notwithstanding moment. Amen. Lazarus, come out. I'm telling somebody this morning, hang on, child of God. God's about to unwrap you. He's about to bless you. He's about to strengthen you. He's about to give you what you need. There's a God. There's a notwithstanding God. Brother Bobby, y'all come on and I'll quit. If you don't, you're too good to preach, so I'll preach all day long. I made sure I circled this, meant to read it in Job. Don't curse your trial. I don't know who said this. I got a lot of, I got a lot of little sticky notes, but I'd like to claim honor, honor to it, but it's not mine. Don't curse your trial. Let your trial bring you to the place where God wants you to be. When he constrained them in Matthew 14, got them in the boat in Mark 4, it wasn't to scare them. God don't work on the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So don't let the devil put fear in you. That's not of God. You hang on to the promises of God. Amen. My brother all stood in our room last night talking about the miracle he got. I'm not going to steal his thunder or his testimony. But what a miracle. As the authorities was knocking at his parents' doors to arrest him. He, he, he sort of uh, suckered me and Joan in last night. I know he's talking about himself. And, man, was Joan's feeling sorry for that little boy. Oh, dear Lord, that's that biblical pattern. And I didn't know it was Big Gerald standing there. He said about 40 minutes before the authorities got there, he said God healed his condition. 
The authorities come to arrest his parents and put him in defects. Because the facts were, church folks even quit coming to the house. Because they thought if we come in and we're there and the police come in, they'll think we're part of this, this, this sickness and death. Because what he had, he's supposed to have died. And he should have. But there's an notwithstanding God. Dear God. On that day, I had my wreck. I don't know why my wife's twin sister died. God knows. I'll never forget the state troopers standing there. Brother Sheriff, I'll never forget the day the state troopers. And I honor, I honor what y'all do. I do. My Lord. I pray for ours in our town often. And, and as, much as, as much as I can think of them, I pray God help our officers. But that officer said, don't you hate that man? He hit us. He wasn't so much drunk. He was so doped out of his brain. Just got, got out of prison. Me and him was a month apart in age. He hit us. His head come out. Sticking in that Chevrolet. I had a Lincoln town car and he hit us at 85 miles an hour. He left a note to his sister in Alabama. He's committing suicide. He hit us head on. I tried to put it in the ditch. God knows. I, to this day, hear ambulances and helicopters. When they're picking people up, I still cringe at knowing what I had to see that day and decisions I had to make. I never got they told me. Don't you hate that man? And Sammy, you know what I told him? I don't hate him. But I hate that devil that deceived him to do what he done. There's a lot of wrong going on in this world. God knows how to make it right. So, child of God, we're going to have hardships. I had a hard time driving, but my brother said, you get in that car. My baby brother, Michael, he said, you get in the car. You're going to drive this car. You're going to overcome that fear. Now, I'm not against anybody who has to take medication. But when I left that doctor's office, Dr. Eugene gave me pills for my, my nerves. Brother Bruce, Sister Linda's heard this, and some of you's probably heard it, and I know Brother Cliff and them have. Brother Josh, I took that prescription. I stood at the door of my car. The facts, I felt I needed them. I couldn't sleep. My daughter laying in a body cast in the hospital for weeks. My wife had have a rod driven down in her femur. So I needed them. So I said, now God... I'm not supposed to preach this Sunday because I'm not supposed to be able to. And I probably need these according to facts. But I said, I'm going to tear this prescription up and trust you. I had a notwithstanding moment. Did I sleep good that night? No. I still was tormented to wake up. And I'd hear my daughter. She's I want to wake when the hat wreck happened. She'd say, Daddy, oh my God, he's going to hit us. Oh, I got it. I couldn't. I was going to Southport to preach in Southport. A homecoming. I could. You could. If you'd have told me, I, I, I would. I didn't know if I was going to California or New York. I was so disgruntled in my. But I knew one thing. God stood with me. In closing, I want to tell somebody, God's not forsaken you. It may look dark now. Paul said, "No man stood with me." Well, how no man? Can you imagine you'd preached to hundreds, seen lives changed in your ministry, seen God work in your life, and now nobody stood with you. But he had a notwithstanding moment. God was there. Let's stand this morning. Ah, you could keep going through Scripture, John 6, five loaves, two fishes. What are we going to do? We can't feed all these. 
It's overwhelming what the church is facing. But Christ was right there. But notwithstanding, the person was right there in the midst of it. I don't know how it worked. I don't know how it worked. I believe God sometimes leaves out details that we can enjoy preaching it. I don't know if it broke as they done it or the basket just filled and they kept passing it out. I know they took up leftovers, 12 basketfuls. But however God done it. So I'm telling somebody in this crowd, don't lose hope. Don't let the devil fight your mind. You know where our battle's at now? Right here. A battle of that mind. You cut the Nesbos up all day long. You played them in your car. Sometimes you can't drown it out. But you've got a notwithstanding God that shows up. So this morning, who I preach to, but I'm going to give a general altar call. I, you, you, I could go into the dimensions of grace, and I was going to do that, but I've wait, preached way too long this morning. When you think about that, Paul just simply said, at first no man answered me. No man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. I'm not going to get bitter over who's left me, who don't like me. Notwithstanding. New King James, you're wrong. NIV, you're wrong. American Standard Bible, you're wrong. It don't skip nevertheless. I'm notwithstanding. It's a fact that God overrode the fact. So you put it in your spirit that God's notwithstanding with you this morning. He's right there with you. Notwithstanding. I want us to pray, and you, you can stand, kneel, but I want us to pray. Oh, what a, well, I, I honor, I'm honored to preach. I've been honored to preach. But now the only thing you all preachers, everybody knows it, unless these altars see response to it. Amen. A good, good message is in vain. But let's gather around these altars and pray. I don't know who needs it. I may not have touched on your need or your, your notwithstanding moment you need. God knows how to be. Father, this morning, as a church, no matter what, where they come, what church they're involved in, where they come from this morning, what matters, we gather in these altars together. On a Friday morning, Friday morning, what a blessing. Oh, you've been so real. Sits liberty to preach. Oh, God, and Brother Shannon's church. Oh, what an honor. But, Lord, this morning, I, I know I delivered what you laid on our heart. Help us this morning. Oh, as they sing, let the song resonate in your spirit. Oh, and the truth oh, yes. is, sing it. Your 